welcome to the Once Was Lost podcast. We are the partner podcast to the free Once Was Lost Missing Persons phone app, which you can download for iOS or Android devices. Or you can go to owl-oncewaslost and download the Missing Persons phone app there. And you need to have this on your phone if you have children, you have friends with children, you have any elderly parents or anybody in a uh, facility for the elderly, which can go missing. It happens all the time in Florida uh, at these different facilities for uh, for people, and they just happen to wander out somehow and uh, can't make their way back. So you got to be able to find people within that first hour. It's absolutely crucial, and that's what this phone app does. It works in real time. You can upload the vital information of the missing person and have eyes and ears out there of all the other OWL members searching. So this is the disappearance of Matthew Anfelt. We're going to get right into it today. Uh, And I also want to mention that we are partnered with storiesoftheunsolved.com. That's the repository of data and information on missing persons, where we get our information from. It's a phenomenal site. So please go and check that out. Matthew Daniel Anfelt was born in Washington State on January 27th of 1999. While growing up, he was very close to his family, which included his parents and siblings. He was especially close to his mother, Sarah Anfelt, and he would keep in constant contact with her even after he moved out of the family home. Matthew was known to have two main interests, wrestling and music. While he was in school, he was a member of the school wrestling team. He would frequently compete in competitions, most of which would see him place very well. However, while wrestling was an engaging extracurricular activity, music was Matthew's passion. Hoping to one day see success come out of his efforts, he would release recordings and freestyle rapping videos online under his stage name, M.T. Hayes. In order to spread the word about his music, he created a Facebook page where he would share new tracks. Like many young people his age, Matthew began to experiment with drugs, which eventually led him to suffering from substance abuse. His family was aware of his struggles and worked with him to ensure he stayed clean. On the evening of December 22nd of 2018, Matthew was heading home after hanging out with a co-worker in Lacey, Washington. As his cell phone was out of battery and didn't have a method of transportation to get home, he decided to walk. While going down Sleater Kinney Road, he noticed a group of individuals across the street from which three people in hooded sweatshirts began to approach and follow him. Concerned, Matthew decided to enter the nearby Rite Aid store at 7th Avenue Southeast and Sleater Kinney Road Southeast to see if they would continue on. However, when he exited the store an hour later, he found them sitting out front. Believing he was simply being paranoid, Matthew continued on home. Once he'd reached the back roads, he tripped on his work boots and was jumped by the trio following him. According to his account of the assault, the three of them began to beat and cut him. They slashed his body with a knife and carved the word kill into his chest. While the assault was happening, Matthew screamed out for help and found himself coming in and out of consciousness. Matthew managed to make his way home after the three individuals fled. At some point in the night, he recorded a video of himself crying while covered in blood. 
He posted it to the social media account where it was noticed by his older brother who tried frantically to get a hold of the then 20-year-old. Matthew took down the video upon waking up the next morning. Traumatized by what had happened to him the night before, Matthew made his way to his mother's house on the morning of December 23rd. Sarah was alarmed by what had happened to her son and urged him to visit the hospital and report the incident to the police. Both things Matthew refused to do because he was worried about putting his family in danger. When asked if he knew the three individuals who attacked him, he claimed not to, but stated he hadn't owed anyone any money when he was pressed further. When Matthew later recounted the incident to his friends, he refused to mention any names or reveal why anyone would want to harm him, simply stating he knew that people were out to get him. Outside of the assault in December of 2018, Matthew was experiencing stress as a result of his financial situation. In order to pay his bills, his mother suggested he focus on finding a job, something he eventually did. Fast forward to February 28th of 2019, and Matthew and his sister spent the day bowling. Between 4 p.m. and 4.30 p.m., they returned to the family home, where they planned to spend the rest of the day watching movies. The pair were in his sister's room, which is located off the garage, away from the main house. Before starting the first movie between 5.05 p.m. and 5.10 p.m., Matthew told his sister he needed to grab his cell phone, which he'd left in the house. He never returned to the room. At around 5.27 p.m. on February 28th of 2019, police deputies responded to the 17800 block of Old Highway 99 Southwest in Thurston County, Washington, after Matthew's neighbor called 911 to report his acting erratically. She related dispatch that he'd been ranting about his family's death and claiming that unknown individuals were after him. She and others who contacted the authorities said he appeared to have been in the midst of a mental breakdown. After the interaction with his neighbor, he is reported to have hopped a nearby fence and run into the road, causing several vehicles to swerve and stop in order to avoid him. At this time, he jumped onto a car and into the bed of a pickup truck before running away. At around 5.30 p.m., Matthew entered the Speedway grocery store located in the 19200 block of Old Highway Southwest, approximately two miles from his parents' home. According to the clerk who was working at the time, he appeared panic and sweaty with dried blood around his mouth and continued to say his entire family had been murdered. While he was looking for a place to hide, the clerk called 911, prompting him to run out of the store. The time was around 6.30 p.m., and it was the last time when he was seen, anybody had seen or heard from him at all. The first thing deputies did was contact the Anfelt family who were alive and well. When pressed regarding Matthew's strange and erratic behavior, they didn't have an answer. According to his family, he'd never done something like this before and hadn't gone more than 24 hours without speaking with his mother. They did share that he hadn't been dressed for the cold temperature the area was experiencing at the time, and as he didn't have his cell phone or wallet with him, he had no means of supporting himself. It was initially believed by the investigators that it was possible someone had picked up Matthew in an attempt to help him, 
but no one in the community had come forward. The missing man also didn't show up at all, at any of the hospitals located in Thurston County or nearby Lewis County, which led them to feel this theory unlikely. In the hopes of finding information, forensic experts examined Matthew's cell phone to see if he'd had any pertinent conversations in the lead up to his disappearance. Investigators also put out a call to the public and his mother posted flyers, but after numerous tips were called in, they were no closer to finding him. Throughout March of 2019, numerous searches were conducted with the use of drones and the local canine unit. A map of the area where Matthew was last seen was also released, with police asking residents to search their outbuildings and crawl spaces, as well as wooded areas and tall grass. If they didn't feel comfortable searching themselves, they were asked to allow deputies to do so. Two months into the investigation, the Anfelt family set up a GoFundMe page to raise money for a reward fund to help cover expenses, including the hiring of a private investigator. Sarah shared that any leftover money would be donated to another family struggling with finding a missing loved one. When police learned about the incident that happened in December of 2018, they began to look into the possibility that the two cases were related. They've asked anyone with information about either or both cases to come forward. An organization outside of the local sheriff's office claims to have conducted interviews with those who say they provided Matthew with drugs around the time of his disappearance. However, they have been difficult to keep in contact with. In May of 2019, the family enlisted the help of private investigators to try and move the case along. In June of that year, they also held a yard sale fundraiser at Tumwater High School in Tumwater, Washington to help raise money to continue their search. There have been reports that Matthew was seen in Yelm, Washington. However, these sightings have not been confirmed. As of 2020, leads in the investigation had begun to, uh, begin to dry up, and despite this, the local sheriff's office has kept in close contact with the family. Sarah has shared, it's been a daily struggle to keep believing her son is still alive, especially given the circumstances surrounding his disappearance. So there's a few different theories here on his disappearance. First one, investigators have shared that Matthew may have suffered a medical emergency not long after he was last seen at the Speedway grocery store, given the delirious state he was in. There is also the possibility he could have been hurt when he ran into traffic as there was dried blood around his mouth when he entered the store. However, as no evidence of Matthew has been found in the surrounding area, it's hard to say if this was the case. According to investigators, it's likely he was having a mental health crisis, which could have been spurred by the use of meth, ecstasy, or Ativan. This is said to have been supported by the hallucinations he was having and his panic behavior. Though, guys, I doubt Ativan wouldn't have that uh, that type of a, an effect on somebody. You know, he would have taken a lot of that Ativan. It actually would have put him out. He wouldn't have been acting erratically like that. So, anyways, however, it should be noted that it is yet to be proven that Matthew was under the influence of drugs at the time of his disappearance. A second theory is that Matthew's disappearance is related to the assault he suffered in December of 2018. Throughout the evening of February 28th, he was ranting about the people being after him, so it's believed by some that those he, well, those he was talking about could be the individuals who attacked him a few months prior. 
Investigators have shared that they have yet to find evidence or receive information to show the two incidents are related. To help keep the case in the public's eye, Sarah set up the Help Find Matthew Anfelt Facebook page, which she updates regularly. She also has set up an online clothing store. Those wishing to support the family and raise awareness about the case can purchase clothing from which 15% of proceeds go directly to the search effort. On February 28th of 2020, Sarah held a candlelight vigil for Matthew, which was broadcast live on Facebook. She shares that listening to her son's music and watching his videos helps get her through each day. Matthew Ann felt went missing from Grand Mount Thurston County, Washington on February 28, 2019. He was 20 years old and he was last seen wearing a black and gray Chicago Bulls sweatshirt with gray sweatpants. He was not wearing any shoes. At the time of his disappearance, he had stood anywhere from 5'6 to 5'7 and weighed between 100 and 120 pounds. He has short brown hair and hazel eyes, and he is said to have been clean-shaven. His ears are pierced, and he has the following tattoos. A cross with a double band in black ink around his right wrist, and a cross between his thumb and index finger on his left hand. Currently, his case is classified as endangered missing, and if alive, he would be 21 years of age. Those with information regarding the case are asked to contact the Thurston County Sheriff's Office at either 360-688-6696 or 360-786-5500. So that's going to do it for this case. Please rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. Um, You know, we do this as the one-man effort. We do this in just, you know, one shot every single time. There's really not a lot of, um, you know, production done so that's something we can work up to in the future, but we need your help. You can also go to patreon.com slash once was lost, and you can donate just $3 a month to help keep the app running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just in case you know something happens to one of your family members. It's there, it's working, and can be used in real time. So that's going to do it for this case. We'll see you on the next one.